Hello and welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marcus Sparks. And we are definitely recording right now. That's a good thing. We're here today to talk about S1E22, For Whom the Bell Tolls. Mm-hmm. Titled uh, due to Spencer listening to that Metallica song on her iPod at the beginning of the episode. No, just kidding. That didn't happen. Uh, season finale. Season one. PLL. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I first watched this show for the very first time, I never thought it would get to the end of season one. <laughs> and here we are now. Yeah. So I, I think the way we got to do this, um, there's like a, time. well, no, we can we can start with characters. There's a bit where like the Jenna thing shows up, and I think we'll have to break that out. Yeah. See, and then okay, there's so, like a, a closing that we can talk about as well. See, so you had mentioned it, I think, in the previous week's episode about that. And I had forgotten about that. So when I started watching this episode, cause I was kind of watching it in a hurry. I sadly didn't get it as much as my usual TLC and, and focus, but I'm taking my notes real quick and I'm doing it like normal. Cause I, I usually format it always the same, mm-hmm. which I'd love to tell you because I do it in a word font. I'd love to tell you at the end, how many pages my season one of PLL notes is Jesus. It's 97 pages. Yeah, but, I don't use I don't use Word. I just use uh, my notes app here. Good for you. But so, um, I started just doing like you know Arya and Hannah. And then it's like it's once the Jenna thing shows up, I remembered what you were saying, and I'm like, well, shit, I gotta restructure. Yeah. So it's all chronological because this is this is nuts. All right, well, let's talk about our opening here. Yeah. Uh, the liars are all in it's Emily's bed, I think. I think it's Emily's bed. I really got to start paying more attention to where they are in these scenes. Yeah, whose bedroom it is. It's mm-hmm. very creepy because... not. I mean, it's kind of creepy shot. Like, the girls are all isolated. Like, they're all kind of clustered together on the bed. And it's fascinating where they all fit on the bed completely. Like, there's no legs hanging over the side. Well, you got... You got Emily, Hannah, and Arya are all crowded around the laptop watching those videos they found on the flash drive. And then sitting back a couple feet behind them, leaning against the headboard and kind of very kind of body language and physical presence, like apart from the rest of them is Spencer. He just does not look happy, probably because they're watching a video with Toby in it where Toby's getting uh, raped. I mean, I guess that's what it's, you'd have to call it. We're on the slippery road to rape. Sexually coerced into... uh doing things with jenna that he would not be doing otherwise if she were not blackmailing this is, him this is pre-blinded jenna who back when jenna could see yeah she's somehow uh, they're step siblings and she's telling him that basically he's gonna do this and then if he doesn't do it she's gonna tell their step parents that he raped her or took advantage of her mm-hmm. and she at one point she says to him this is like her idea of pillow talk which is you have no idea who you're dealing with which <laughs> i just wrote down Jenna is in some really fuck up kinky foreplay. She's playing yeah. some sicko power games. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure there is like certain gender biases here. If this were like a guy talking to a girl, it would be just totally cringe-inducing. Um, I guess yeah, because guy talking to a girl and they were like in an office place, you have a lawsuit in your hands, massive one. Yeah. I guess because it's the other way, it doesn't seem like quite as quite as horrible a thing, but it definitely is. No, no, as a guy, you're sitting here watching this and you're thinking, nice. Well, but I mean, yeah, because, you know, Jenna's like hot in like a creepy way, but realistically, like, that is pretty, pretty awful to like basically blackmail someone into sleeping with you. Well, then, and then again, here's Spencer, who's watching her boyfriend, the tape of how he got raped. 
Yeah, and this she's is not like the first time. That was probably not the last time. She's like, yeah, let's 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 not watch this. But then, and so there's obviously a, a whole coterie of videos on this flash drive. Some yeah, of them, like we saw last week, are of the girls themselves. And then comes Arya's outrage. Arya's not have, happy. Do you have her line written down? I don't know. We're young girls in our bedrooms changing clothes. We're naked. <laughs> and I just want to point out that this is the first time in 22 episodes that Arya acknowledges and kind of defends the fact that she's a young girl. Mm-hmm. Like this is like her. I mean, I really well, Arya's an opportunist. She, she points out her age in her own she mind. Was. In her mind, she's an adult. But when she has to like re-inhabit the role of a sixteen-year-old girl, she thinks that she's on some kind of beautiful journey. Mm-hmm. But Spencer, she's now completely convinced that Ian is the one who took these videos because, as we all know, he does have a thing for young girls. Okay, real quick, I just want to say, she says, they're talking about the videos. Who could have taken the videos? It's obviously not Toby, because mm-hmm. there he is being raped. It's obviously not Allison, because she's in some of the videos. It's obviously not Jenna, too, because she's in some of the videos. And so Spencer is just kind of looking off, and she says, we all know who had a thing for younger girls, you know, dot, dot, dot. And she means Ian, but for just a moment, Arya kind of looks over at her with this, like, what are you saying? Yeah. Oh, because Arya's A. But I mean, well, it's like Arya's also dating a pedophile. Well, and it's we all know who has a thing for young girls. It's like, yeah, Ian and Ren and Ezra. You know, there's more than just one here. Yeah, maybe all Wilden. I mean, Wilden's pretty fucking creepy. It's it's kind of weird to think that Wilden hasn't been back since he got banished in the storm episode. Well, that's what happens when you cross Veronica Hastings. Yeah, she crushes you, throws your body away. Um, yeah, all the men in Rosewood have a thing for young girls. <laughs> That's how it's spins. Byron? Yeah. Just you wait. Um, Doing a student. Speaking so, of Byron. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so to wrap up the opening scene, they decide that, uh, you know, they're pretty sure it's Ian and whatnot, but they need to talk to Jenna as well because she obviously knows something. She was searching for this video, seemingly. Yeah. She yeah. knew that she Send knew that these videos existed. Paying Caleb to basically get this from Hannah. So, mm-hmm. so they get, they're going to have to talk to her. Uh, so let's start with some character stuff and then we can regroup when we need to. Uh, talk about Arya. Of course we're going to talk about Arya. She's spying on her parents, as she does. Mm-hmm. Byron wants Ella to go to a faculty dinner with him. Mm-hmm. But Ella's like, well, wouldn't that be a little bit weird? Because it's not like we're back together. But to throw the faculty dinner at their house. Yeah. And she's like there helping us like some paperwork or something. And she's like, it's not like, they're on decent terms, but they're not together. And so she's like, that would be pretty weird. I wouldn't want to have to explain it to people. And Well, seemingly they're, they're sleeping together still. Eh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, but it seems like there's a little bit of tension there. It's and To me, it's kind of those things where typically the reaction would be from these two people that they don't want the rest of the world to know that they're separated yet. Mm-hmm. You know, But at the same time, she's very much of, well, we don't want people to think we're back together. Yeah. And he's just like, what? Well, I don't think they are. It's the thing. Well, yeah. I mean, I think in his mind, because that's all. That's all he. That's his end game. That's all he wants for them mm-hmm. back together. And so, once he thinks he has that, he doesn't want to work for it anymore. Sorry, so I think Ella needs to have to, needs to be continuously wooed, mm-hmm. you know, back into the relationship. Sorry, it comes downstairs that they're spying on her parents for a bit and offers to like help Byron out with this faculty thing, and he takes off, and she's talking to Ella. 
and Ella is kind of talking about just how she feels about this relationship, and it's still kind of up in the air. Arya is not paying attention to her mom at all because she's like noticing all these like worried texts from Ezra about the cop showing up. And so Arya ignores her mother for the whole conversation. And then finally she's just like, well, you need to like shit or get off the pot. Like, you know, like I'm tired of you like waffling on this. Like this is a total bitch to her mom, you know, <laughs> just because Arya's in a hurry now. So she's just like, you either like him or you don't, you know, make a decision. We're all yeah. sick of this. Yeah, you either love him or you don't. So then, uh, I know it's a little bit later. My, my, my notes before I correct them. I have Arya going to the school. She goes to school. She sees Ezra, and Ezra tells her that he has resigned. He just resigned to the principal. Yeah, there's like nobody in the hallway yet. It's like it's like either during a class period, or like right before school started. Yeah, and and she's like, you know, I tried to call you back, or whatever. Like, why didn't you answer? And he's like, oh, I was meeting with the principal. I've resigned. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, but it was to take this job at Hall's College. You know, like I don't know. For some reason, he thought this would be a good idea to like mess with Ari a little bit. He'll learn. Um, so she punches him and she, he says, that hurt. And she says, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, first of all, can we talk about, why don't we usually talk about Aria and how she's dressed? Mm-hmm. Can we talk about like what a fucking hipster Ezra's dressed? I mean, look at this fucking hipster. Man, that's, that's how you get the young chicks. He's wearing like this weird, loud red plaid shirt, uh, uh like a form fitting vest. Mm-hmm. He's into vests. He's a vest guy. He's a vest guy. But this one's like, seems like, Tighter than normal, mm-hmm. uh, like a blue tie, black pants, and then like some kind of like sporty tennis shoes. He just looks like the kind of guy that would go to a bar and pick up Aria, mm-hmm. talk about her writing, which is mostly personal. <laughs> so we find out that Ge- Officer Garrett Reynolds showed up at his place, but it was not to ask about Aria, but about Spencer and the uh, the trophy and the props and all that, because it was. Theoretically, they should have asked Ezra about this a long time ago. Like, was this trophy in your props that you were in charge of? Because uh, that, that's where they found the, the fake trophy well, from originally. And it's BS, because at this point, a detective would come and ask these questions. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing, Garrett? So Ezra is, like, worried at first, but now he's like, ah, fuck it. Like, we're, we're in the clear. Yeah. Also, Ari likes the sound of Professor Fitz. Mm-hmm. Uh, much later in the episode, and I guess we'll just, Arya doesn't have many moments that aren't part of the main group, so let's just talk about this here. It's the, the faculty dinner, which Ezra can go to now, because he's new faculty at Hollis. Oof. And, you okay there? This scene. Okay. So, they're, uh, they're both at the faculty dinner. Arya's keeping her distance, but doing a lot of eye flirting with Ezra. Arya's in her fucking element because she's got her boyfriend in her house with her mm-hmm. parents, and she's surrounded by you know professorly types. Yes, that she considers herself to be worthy of. But then the doorbell rings. She answers it, and it's Jackie Molina. The oh girl, shit! The girl that Ezra used to be engaged to. And Arya, what does she say when she opens the door? She says, "What are you doing here?" Not hello, or you know, like totally gives herself away. Like, what are you doing here? And Jackie Lane is like, well, I'm faculty. I work at uh, Hollis as well. And then Arya, like, she just basically, like, walks away. Like, she scowls and, like, leaves. Doesn't invite Jackie in or anything. She's just like, fuck this. Well, I love that Jackie Molina's thinking, like, what the fuck is with this girl who answered the door? Yeah. <laughs> what the what fuck a, am I what walking? A typical twat of a teenager, you know? Like, what the fuck is going on at this faculty party? Yeah. What I are you doing here? just turn around and go back <sighs> 
And so then Ezra kind of notices that Jackie's there, goes upstairs. Arya just throws like the just shit fit of all shit fits about like she says the first thing she says is, What were you thinking? to Ezra. Yeah. And he's just like, What? You know, like I had heard she was back in town and sorry, you know. But then he starts like apologizing, like it's like he did anything wrong at all. She's like, not Arya's like, not telling me about her was a lie. Yeah. Until now, you're the only one who did, hadn't lied to me. He's the only guy who's never lied to me. I love that she she clarifies that he's the only like male mm-hmm. in life who's never lied to her. And she says, yeah. I still think you have feelings for her. Like she's just it's like, dude, seriously, take it down, Arya. Well, this is there's some fascinating stuff here because a lot of things like first of all, this is a show called Pretty Little Liars. Mm-hmm. And Arya's accusing Ezra of lying to her. Um, at the same time. For the first time ever, and the first time this will probably ever be allowed, Ezra's in her bedroom. Yeah. This could be a much sexier slash creepier sequence, but no, they're talking about their relationship and it's not going well. And then they're in her house and she's feeling all excited about this, but at the same time, she screams out at one point about Jackie Miller. She's downstairs having wine with my dad. <laughs> And I just love that the there's like to me that's such a loaded statement because Ezra's her dad too. Yeah. Well, and Ezra like he basically like he just starts apologizing for shit, and it's like, dude, you didn't do anything wrong. I'm sorry, but like, like just that this girl who you used to be engaged with happens to like now apparently work in the same place you do, like, and you didn't tell her because you didn't know. Like you have nothing to feel guilty about here, but does, he's does he's, he's an abuse. He did not know. That seems to be the case. He's I like got I, the impression that he did know that he's very sorry that he didn't tell her. I think it was like he'd heard that she was in town or something. Uh, I don't know, I, and that's all I got from it. I actually got to say that this amazes me that I actually kind of saw where he was coming from. In this really? Scene. Oh yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. I guess uh, uh, I guess we know who we are in the relationship then. Yeah, I uh, mm-hmm. well, without a doubt, I'm an Arya. <laughs> Guess that makes me Ezra. You should see how God. I dress. <laughs> um, but I, it doesn't matter because it's cumulative to because I, I my nose all became chronological after a certain point. But I just wrote in the sequence after so many scenes in a row that there are just so many shitty songs played over <laughs> scenes of this episode. I mean, so many fucking forgettable like acoustic singer songwriter songs. Yeah. It's like the same well, so, I mean, sad I, woman who's like out of tune of guitar. You also get the feeling that like maybe every once in a while they can use a real song, but usually they have to use the catalog of like up and coming artists that well, like the song spoiler, the song they use at the end of this episode is not only a great song by a great band who is up and coming, but it's brilliant for the usage of the show. Mm-hmm. But at the time it's like whatever production company or channel or whoever they're working with, like has their own stable of artists on yeah. a, you know, cause they're multimedia conglomerates. And so most of the time they're, they're pushing whatever the corporate selling. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and sometimes it takes a rare, uh, musical coordinator who can actually make that work. For yeah. them. And it's why people still talk about the effect of the zeitgeist or whatever by like the OC. Yeah. Death cab. Uh, let's talk about Hannah, by which I mean let's mostly talk about Mona because that's most of what my notes are about with Hannah. Well, so, so first we're we're in uh, Casa de Marin, and Ashley brings up you know Hannah's on a pity party. Ashley brings up Caleb's note and wants to know what was in Caleb's note because now Ashley's very much on the Caleb bandwagon. She yeah. wanted to happen, and Hannah's just like, "What note are you fucking talking about?" You know, um, 
we discover that you know Hannah's confused because obviously, as far as she knows, Ramona, Caleb never had a note. He just there to get changed for a twenty. And then according to Hannah, he then got on the bus to Bastardville. <laughs> well, and actually, like interesting conversation. She's like telling Hannah like you can't spend the rest of your life in bed, and she kind of she talks about how when her husband left her, you know, H- Hannah's dad. Hannah was there to talk Ashley out of bed and, like, you know, talk a bunch of shit about, like, uh, the woman that her dad left Ashley for and right. basically got, got Ashley Marin back on the, the wine and cop scene. Yeah. Yeah. The wine and cock scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Then, then fucking Mona shows up. Uh, you know, I, I feel bad for Mona. I mean, she's, she's not doing the most friendly of things, but it is with good intention. She's giving Hannah, like, the power pep talk. She says, he was your first poor, poor boy, and that's oh so romantic, but you deserve better. Also, can we talk about how Mona looks goddamn amazing in this scene? Yeah, Mona's, Mona's always looking amazing. I'm just, like, sitting there, like, taking my notes, like, trying to find euphemisms for hot, which is mm-hmm. it's terrible. But, uh, like, Mona, there's there's a certain classic Mona-ness to this sequence, but she also... She does genuinely care. It shines that she does genuinely care for Hannah, and she sees at one point. I think that like her power pep talk is not like Hannah's not in the mood to hear it just now. Well, Hannah's asking some questions about like, oh, did Caleb say anything about me? Did he leave a letter or anything? Mona has a chance to come clean here, but she doesn't. No, she's she's just like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, even if he did try to leave you a letter, like he's still a bastard, and you you wouldn't want to hang out with him anyway. So yeah, Mona gives Hannah a kiss on the cheek. And then departs. And as she departs, because they're kind of by the lockers, once she's out of the side of the view, then we see there's Lucas. There's Lucas. He's been missing for like 10 episodes. Yeah. And he's still being kind of a dick to Hannah. Mm-hmm. She asks, are you, are you, uh, like ever going to not be mad at me or something like that? And he's just like, probably not. And walks off. Yeah. Dick. So later on, um, this is like after a major scene with the Jenna thing where all the liars are sitting at lunch together, you know, discussing liar shit. And Mona shows up to, to like hang out with Hannah and them. It's like, Hey guys, you know, and as soon as she sits, she sits down, like Spencer bails immediately. And like, like, I, I can't remember who goes next, but like they all just like cut out, including oh, Hannah. Like they're just like, I'm gone. And poor Mona's just like, all right, I guess I'll eat by myself, you know? Well, it, great reference there. She says, starts as they all go away. She counts down. Well, then there was four and then there was mm-hmm. three. And there was two. And eventually she's just like, well, then there was Mona. But no, Spencer leaves first because she's like, I got a thing. And then she just kind of <laughs> wanders off. She doesn't even like finish the, the excuse. And then the other girls all leave one by one. And then Hannah's the last one to leave. And Mona's like, where are you going? And Hannah looks at her and is just like, Spencer has a thing. And then she just kind <laughs> of wanders off. But Hannah leaves her phone, and which then Caleb starts calling. So Mona picks it up, gets the call. And tells Caleb basically to piss off, you know, it's like, lose your, lose this number. She doesn't want to talk to you. Uh, but Lucas is nearby and he, he hears this and he overheard earlier conversations as well. So he knows that like Mona's lying and calls her on it. Yeah. And Mona's like, look, I know I've made a lot of jokes at your expense, but I was just having fun. (laughs) And Lucas is like, was that an apology? (laughs) And Mona's like, well, yeah, sorry. Not really. I don't mean it at all. Yeah, it's funny though. It's the way this show works. I mean, it's one of those like like corners gets cut in TV. Is that 
I don't think that Lucas could nearly know as much as he knows just from the momentary. Yeah, no, I'll buy it because he's like he's obviously still obsessed with Hannah, and so he's like even though he's in the background of these scenes, he's clearly like listening to everything they say. Well, I I just like the idea that it's like Lucas knows more than he should from a single moment of eavesdropping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, two, like two moments of eavesdropping. He's definitely been paying attention to what's going on with Hannah for a lot more than just the sequences of this episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Mona basically tells Lucas that forget about the letter, don't tell Hannah, and I'll make you popular. Yes, yeah. uh, it's like a it's deal with the devil there if Lucas wants to make it. Yeah, which is fascinating. Um, Later on, we get a scene with Hannah deleting Caleb from her contacts as she cries. Well, let's. I've got some Spencer stuff, and let's just go from that into uh, or Emily and Spencer, and just kind of go chronologically. Well, there. No, no, no. I, I got this all worked out. Don't worry. Okay, because I say we're we're jumping over quite a bit. Yeah, don't worry. We'll get back to it. Okay. Uh, so Emily, oh, I'm sorry. There's one more Hannah moment where you cut to like Lucas is like got Caleb in the car, like presumably they're like in Arizona or somewhere, somewhere between Arizona and Pennsylvania, and Lucas is like. He's driving Caleb back to bringing him back to Hannah because she's just like, I just want her to be happy. And the that's a is, very weird dynamic because Caleb's like, well, this is cool and all, but obviously you're into this chick. So I don't even know. I don't even like if I'm Caleb, I'm like just concerned. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and the question is, it doesn't really matter, but where the fuck are they? Because. It's this is concurrently like with the events of the episode. Like they, it's later that day from school or whatever. Like you know what I mean? Like Lucas didn't couldn't have driven that far. If it's his car, he couldn't have driven that far to pick up Caleb. I guess we shouldn't question too much about the timeline of where Lucas is. But I mean, S- I, suffice I think, it to say, Lucas. I don't, I don't think Lucas drove all the way to Arizona to pick up Caleb. I he think somehow he, he somehow intercepted Caleb somewhere between yeah. Pennsylvania and Arizona and is bringing him back. Alright, so, Emily. Interesting scene, Emily's first scene. She's, like, just doing some stuff on her laptop. When her mom walks in, and her mom's just, like, she's, like, oh, I've got some news or something, and and Emily, like, she senses something's wrong. She says, is dad okay? And rather than Emily's mom saying, like, no, 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 he's fine, she, like, lets that hang in the air for five seconds until Emily's, like, in near panic, you know? And she's, like, oh, no, yeah, he's fine. Weird choice. Weird (laughs) Parental choice. Like, what's going on there, Emily's mom? Like, you could have just said he's fine, but like, we need to talk. Like, inst- well, like, when your dad's in the military and he's deployed, and you know, you're like, "Hey, is dad okay?" And your mom just like kind of frowns and doesn't say anything, yeah, she's and kind of like looks away. You're like, "Uh, what the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just funny because you had this in the same episode where Ezra leads Arya to believe that like he's in legal trouble. Yeah, which. Is I think Sally the first time go back Arya quick. It's the first time Arya ever really considered that could happen. Yeah, Arya doesn't like. I mean, again, if you're Arya and Ezra, I would have. I don't. I don't know if you'd call it like kinky power rolls or sex games. Wouldn't you have just drills that you'd run through, like, like a, a burn bag or something? Yeah, yeah. Like like the, you're gonna get caught like drills. <laughs> like how quickly can we burn all of these like mementos? Do you have a really good explanation for why you're there? You know, I mean, I would think you would have code phrases that would then like tell you like which files to go dump off the laptop. Well, I feel like they wouldn't do that because they're both somewhat clueless to reality, where they don't even like to acknowledge the fact that what they're doing 
could cause a lot of problems. If it's, it seems like every time Ezra tries to be, Arya then talks him out of it. Which yeah. the sad thing about the sad thing about I mean Arya's you know thinking that she's older than she is is you know it's kind of normal for someone her age. The sad thing is that Ezra goes along with it as if as if she's teaching him some real wisdom. Yeah, Ezra gets a little concerned, and then Arya's like, "Hey, let's take some pictures with paper bags over our heads." He's just like, "God, you're hot," and she's like, "Thanks." Oh shit, I gotta go. I got a weird text. And he's just like, "All right." That seems totally legit. And now a cot's at my door. That also seems normal. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe she deserves a little bit of him messing with her because he mm-hmm. had kind of a weird night that she doesn't like. Apologize. Does she ever like apologize? Sorry, I ran out of you. Like, like my ass is on fire. Well, Arya's idea of apologizing is just to say, "Oh, sorry." You know, yeah. like and then she flicks. Her that's head. all you're gonna get. Uh, but Emily, You're lucky to get that. Emily's dad. The real situation is that Emily's dad, his assignment in Texas got extended a year, and so he wants them to move to Texas, like um, uh, Pam and Emily. Emily obviously does not want to. She's just kind of uh, finding herself here in Rosewood and building an identity. She doesn't want to move right now. Uh, later on, there's a brief bit where Hannah offers Emily uh, to stay at her place, like share the bedroom, I guess. It could be a spare bedroom. We all know Hannah has one that Caleb stayed in. Yeah. Yeah. Emily doesn't have a ton to do in this episode uh, until we get to the the main plot line that I'm delaying here. I mean, I like Emily a lot, but uh, she's not exactly white and she's a lesbian. I don't think Texas is the best place for her. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking about why is it that Emily specifically, like, her plot lines don't usually have the same sort of resonance as say like Spencer's or Arya's. And I think part of it is Emily's already faced like her worst fear pretty much, yeah. you know, she had to come out even though she wasn't totally ready to. Um, and so, and that's over now. So like whatever a can throw at her, isn't going to be as bad as like the, you know, nightmares that she was thinking about before she came out. Like she's already kind of dealt with uh, some, you know, emotional hardship. So her her stuff, I mean, they can, you know, have stuff with their crazy-ass, like, girlfriends and whatnot, but it's just not as impactful to her because we know she's already pretty strong. Yeah. Like, at a certain point, when her crazy-ass girlfriend's being too crazy, she's just going to be like, I'm Emily, fuck this, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. I can go find somebody else. You're nuts, Paige. Yeah. And the nice thing is Paige is not in this episode at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, Emily's had enough of Paige, I think, for a while. Good. Uh, later on, Garrett, Officer Garrett Reynolds, finds Emily, and she's like, are you following me too? And he's like, oh, no, I'm just over at uh, my parents' house to watch Dancing with the Stars with them, because he's a huge loser. Well, I mean, great ABC tie-in. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that was even intentional or not. Like, that is, like, the perfect show for, like, a loser like Officer Garrett Reynolds to be watching with his parents. Who is an adult? Yeah. yeah. He's, like, at least 22, 23, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, he's basically trying to play the nice guy angle to fish for info with Emily. Gonna, hey, I just you know I believe in you guys. Here's my cell phone. If anything comes up, yeah, he call. says he's on their side. Here's his cell phone number in case she needs anything. And then he awkwardly invites her over to watch Dancing with the Stars with his parents, and mm-hmm. she's just like, no. <laughs> she's like, I'd rather go do anything else. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm a lesbian. That's that's like no in 10 different ways to why I wouldn't want to go watch Dancing with the Stars with you. Well, not, not only is it a no, but obviously whatever I'm going to go do is so much better mm-hmm. than what you're about to go do. 
Yeah, later on, she's talking some more with Hannah. It is interesting. She gets a lot of scenes with Hannah in this episode. Um, talking about how Texas is beauty queen country, and she just wouldn't fit in there. Yeah, Hannah's sitting on her doorstep. Hannah doesn't want to be alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just because things are weird, Lucas apparently had given Emily Hannah's phone, so Hannah, so Emily can now give it back to Hannah. Yeah. And then Hannah proceeds to like, it's we talked about this before when it really came out, but like she proceeds to kind of tease Emily about her her gayness. It's like on like who her type is, yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of just like like oh, your lesbianness is such such a silly little thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not necessarily full on like like bald face like disrespectful but you know it's like it's like if you were to say i i don't know i really like this like kind of ridiculous like form of music and someone's just like oh what do you think why do you like this silly little music i mean it's very weird also hannah hannah wants some details like she's definitely in a place now where she wants to hear about other people's relationships and you know she wants to live vicariously through emily's vagina sure don't we all (laughs) Yeah, well, Paige is involved. I don't know about that, but Samara, sure. Uh, let's talk about Spencer. Spencer. Oh, Spencer. this opening scene of Spencer is wonderful. Just want to point out in this opening scene that Ian is calling Melissa babe. She's calling Ian daddy. Uh, Melissa Which, is. ew. It's on both the babe and the daddy. It's it's just like, ugh. like, and it it feels just phony enough. Not that the, not necessarily the emotions aren't real between them because they do seem to like each other, but. It's this phony display of uh, affection for each other. That's just here's how I would describe gross. Melissa and Ian in general. Melissa and Ian are like those kind of like, like psychotic lovers that go on like a murder spree across <laughs> country, and then at one point they kill like a like a preppy couple and assume their identities, and now they're trying to play those roles and pass off like those kind of people. Like that one movie that uh, was it called? Like the perfect uh, perfect getaway. Perfect getaway. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Go watch that movie, people. It's a wonderful movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Then Spencer makes a joke, which not everyone in the house appreciates. Spencer makes a joke about uh, the baby possibly not being human, and Liz is just like, "That's not funny." <laughs> and Spencer's like, "Humor is subjective." Well, I just love that Spencer's first reaction is to like defend like how humor can be subjective and blah blah. blah. She doesn't quite get the with a, a shit eating smirk on her face as she says it. What I love about Spencer is that she's she's not perfect when she comes to her family. At no. All. Well, her mom is just like, boo, Spencer. Boo. Yeah. Yeah. You bitch. Real bitchy move there. Mm-hmm. So later on, uh, Spencer's obtained a burner phone that she's going to use to deal with Ian. Oh, um, but before we get to this, I think the Jenna thing is our... The, we, yeah, oh, yeah. We yeah. need a detour to talk about the Jenna thing. Yeah. Uh... Jenna thing is in the music room, the band room or whatever, and the girls all come in basically like one by one. Spencer leads the way. She Jenna asks, who's there? Spencer says, well, it's Spencer. But like Jenna thing can obviously hear other footsteps. Mm-hmm. So then Spencer lists off her compatriots, you know, like uh, here's Aria, here's Emily. And then very last, she's like, and Hannah. <laughs> and and Jenna- so last time this two encounter, Hannah slapped the fuck out of Jenna. And Jenna looks appropriately concerned and a little bit vulnerable, you know? She's she's trying to put up a good front and be her usual usual like menacing, creepy self. Mm. But obviously she's just been like confronted by her four nemeses. Yeah. And she's blind, so <laughs> Jenna's just like, What do you want? 
So they, they want the truth from Jenna. What really happened? And, you know, why was she looking for those videos and all that? And we find out that Jenna lied about Allison coming to see her in the hospital. Uh, it did happen, but Allison was not there to comfort Jenna, but to blackmail her with those videos. Allison says at one point, the guy I like likes to make movies. <laughs> Presumably she means Ian. Yeah, Allison blackmails Jenna about keeping their secret. Um, and then threatens Jenna. She basically says, never come back to Rosewood or, or I will bury you. Bury you. Which is, wow. That's, this girl is 14 or 15. Yeah. Um, and Jenna, like Jenna, has some good lines. She's like, I don't know if you like, or I, I'm trying to remember exactly what she says. She's like, you know what your friend was capable of, or something like that. Well, so, but like, like the four liars are taking on like a really like hard edge of Jenna, and for more than a few moments there, you could they, again see glimpses of that other narrative where mm-hmm. Jenna is the poor, blind, bullied girl, the, um, the blind girl point? who the person who blinded her then showed up at her place in the hospital and threatened and blackmailed her <laughs> yeah yeah well because at one point jenna was like well what do you guys want and hannah's like the truth can you handle that which what an odd like time for like a few <laughs> good men reference from hannah of all people yeah i feel like hannah ate, ate a lot of ice cream once upon a time and would watch whatever was on tv or it was on like tnt yeah a yeah, big sweatshirt um so spencer so jenna you know she thinks that now that she's shared info with them and like maybe they can make a trade back she basically wants the videos back and spencer's just like we'll keep them in a safe place yeah she's like what are you guys going to do for me and spencer's just like we'll we'll keep those videos in a safe place yeah and then so, as they leave they're they're like all right you know or actually jenna leaves because they're, they're first she she tap tap taps her cane to the door she mm-hmm. stops at the door She's got one last grenade to toss in the middle of the room. She looks back at them, subjectively, and she says, you know, we've all made mistakes, but just remember, I'm still paying for yours. And of course, the liars are fairly defiant, even yeah. though they, they know she's c- correct in that. Yeah. Uh, I love that there's no room anymore for their guilt mm-hmm. over the incident. When they discussed it, this is why Allison was so happy on the day she died. She'd just found out about the Jenna thing. She went and like um, as soon as she got it, she couldn't wait to go and run and blackmail Jenna about it. And like now she she finally had the Jenna thing behind her. Like she she'd settled that for good. Yeah. You know she had the goods on Jenna. The truth is never going to come out. Allison is in the clear. That's why she was so happy the day she died. Yeah, and the so yeah, Jenna leaves and the girls kind of just powwow about what's going on here. Um, it's Arya who surmises that. You know, back in the pilot when they were all confused about Jenna showing up at Allison's funeral, it's because they realized that was the first time that she could come back to Rose. Mm-hmm. The bitch was dead, so now she could return. Yeah. Um, it's a great shot, like just like spinning around the girls <laughs> as they're trying to like discuss all this out. And so I'm, I'm going to continue on Jenna thing here. Uh, later on, we see her. Actually, no, let's, let's jump back. Cause we have to, sorry. Because a lot of shit goes down this episode. You want so, to watch room. Spencer gets her burner phone. Yeah. And she's just like, I watched CNN. I know this is done. You know, <laughs> Their plan is that they're going to anonymously text Ian with a burner phone to talk about the video and see how he reacts. Yeah. And if he reacts a certain way, they'll know like he's he's guilty. So they text Ian and say, we've got the video. 
and they wait, and eventually they do get a response back. Um, I I like that they're essentially operating as A now. Yeah, like that's they're basically playing the A game with Ian. Whoa, I want to say that they made a textbook mistake here that never gets mentioned in the episode, but I think the the effects of it do. They text him initially. I have Ali's video. Mm-hmm. And I think that Ewan would be the one who picks up on it. There's only four people who call her Allie. Eh, you know. Everyone else called her Allison. Sure. You know, I, I, I mean, like, they're not really like, like, you know, when you're trying to fool people about something online or trying to catfish somebody, you kind of like really debate the usage of your terms and how you talk. They're just kind of like, I've got Allie's video because that's what they think. Mm-hmm. And they text that and he gets, they watch him across the lunchroom as he gets the text and he just looks uncomfortable and he, he like leaves and they all get sick to their stomachs because to them, this is, like visual confirmation that Ian may indeed be guilty. Yeah, he gets concerned and bounces, and they're just like, aha, I knew it. And so the th- three of the girls, including Spencer, is just kind of like, you know, like, I'm sick to my stomach. I really thought that, like, like once I knew the truth, it was confirmed, like, I'd feel better, but I don't. And Hannah's like, I feel better because I know what happens to guys like him in prison. <laughs> well, so they, and then they get a response very quickly that's basically like, well, what do you want? And so Hannah, is the one who wants him to bring $10,000 to a certain remote location, and they'll do a trade for the video. Hannah's good about jumping in on schemes. Hannah's she's a schemer, yeah. yeah. She's right there. So if we... This is uh, where Mona shows up. Yeah, and then Mona would show up here, and they'd all ditch her. So later on, Jenething gets a phone call. I'm sorry, she makes a phone call. I think that's how it works, right? Uh, I think she gets the call, actually. It's well, very strange. It's strange the way they cut it, because they cut it in such a way that you're supposed to think she's getting a call from Ian. She gets a call, and she's just like, they have the video. And then it cuts to Ian, and Ian is on the phone saying, don't worry, I'll take care of it. And maybe they're talking to each other, maybe they're not. Yeah, you never see them together again. They're not together now. I mean, they're, it's a well, phone that he's phone a, conversation could he's be with each other or it could be with different people. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's very strange. I mean, it's very confusing. I think, I, I feel like if the, if it were they're not talking to each other, they would have still cut it in a much more, yeah. I don't know, a way that would have been left that more open. Um, but then later on, we, uh, we see Jenna kind of, she's ranting and raving about Allison. So she's so cunning. She's still taunting us from beyond the grave. And then kind of pan over, who's she talking to? Oh, she's talking to Officer Garrett Reynolds. Yeah. Because they're secretly an item. And he takes off her glasses and you see her creepy, like, kind of red eyes. And, and they start making out. And so now... This is, this is, like, it's a play on that moment when, like, you're dating the girl with glasses. Mm-hmm. And you take off the glasses and you, like, let pull her hair down. And you're like, oh, my God, you're beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. I, I never knew. But, no, she has grotesque blind person <laughs> eyes. And that he's just like... Yeah. So they're making out. So now, obviously, you know, just in case he couldn't figure out already that she should not trust Officer Garrett Reynolds, he definitely don't trust him now because he's he's hooking up with Jenna thing. Before though, she she did mention that she was worried that the video gets out, then we will lose everything. Mm-hmm. So back to Spencer now. Spencer's room. Spencer's hanging out in a room, trying to study with Toby hanging out in a chair. Toby is reading the Dharma bums because of course he is like an asshole. Yeah. 
Just like a real asshole. Yeah. Spencer's on her, on her bed doing her homework. Toby's sitting in a chair just reading Kerouac like a fucking prick. And they have a little moment where he's just like, do you want, you know, I'm not sure it's a good idea if I'm here. And she's just like, no, I like having you here. And he's like, well, or is this just so you can make like a statement to your mom? And she's like, no, I just like you here. Um, so Toby has her come sit by the window and he opens a window and she, she sits in the chair with him and just, you know, chillaxes for like two seconds and, and lets the, the madness in her mind that is Spencer Hastings chill out. Yeah. Yeah. The cacophony dies down for a moment. Mm-hmm. So later um, on, she, she wakes up, she gets a, I think it's a text, not a call. A text from Melissa saying that yep. Ian never showed up at the church for the christening they're supposed to have, and mm-hmm. so Melissa needs a ride home. Yeah. And this so, is it, it, around the same time that they're set up to do this, like, sting on Ian as it is. And Toby's kind of like, you know, I'd, I'd really like to help you out with this. And Spencer's basically like, no, no, I want you to stay out of danger. Because um, in the PLL universe, like the guys aren't allowed to like be tough guys in moments like this. Well, he's 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 doing something to help her, which is the lamest, worst thing. I mean, she's she just watched a video the night before mm-hmm. of her boyfriend getting raped. Yeah. yeah. So what he's doing to help her, the task that he she's basically assigned him is to keep Jenna busy. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, go chillax if you're rapist, and just keep an eye on her. Keep keep her occupied. Yeah. But um, what what I like about the show is it's not the kind of show where like when shit needs to go down, suddenly like the men step to the forefront to like be be, you know, powerful and whatnot. Like well, no, like, it's they still get shuffled off to the background because this is the liar time. Well once upon a time it was like in the third like the third act or fourth act, like uh, Mulder and Scully would find a body if someone's been injured and then the monster runs away. So Scully would stay behind with mm-hmm. the injured person while Mulder ran after them. Yeah. Not here. Granted, Scully's a doctor, but at the same time, it's like every single time Mulder, the man, goes running after the person. But yeah, so Spencer is vulnerable, and she can tells Toby that she's never had a safe place to land before, and that's what he is for her now. So he can sit this one out, keep an eye on Jenna thing, keep her busy. Spencer's Spencer's going to go take care of the action. So she goes to pick up Ian, or I'm sorry, she goes to pick up Melissa, and Melissa's concerned because Ian has like just basically disappeared. Haven't been able to get in contact with them over the phone. Uh, now Melissa can't find her phone. She must have left it at the church. And Spencer actually seems to care a little here. And Melissa's surprised by this. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, what's wrong with you, Spencer? You seem like you give a fuck. Yeah. And then they get hit by another car. Uh, what? Yeah, Spencer's driving the car. I don't know. It's like a one-way to one-way or something. The car comes from the right side and hits the passenger side that Melissa's in. Mm-hmm. So, but we get to the hospital. It turns out uh, Melissa's okay, Spencer's okay, but the doctors are monitoring Melissa because of the baby, and they're not sure if the uh, kind of trauma, the car wreck, might damage anything there. Right. And Veronica Hastings is there, and Spencer f- feels very sad, and, you know, poor Spence. You know, meanwhile, the other girls are at the park in the middle of nowhere, waiting to meet Ian, trying to get a hold of Spencer. Right, yeah, trying to call Spencer. So here I've just I've got everything chronological. Um, okay. So the girls are they're hidden out in like the woods, waiting for uh, the their sting to go down. But they also can't get a hold of Spencer. And I love that they get a text. It's not from Spencer. It's from A. Oh, I, he gets a text. Yeah, 
I, I do like that they were waiting for the Spencer text and said they get the A text. And A says, buckle up, bitches. Nothing is as it seems. Meanwhile, Spencer finds out that she needs to head back to the church to get Melissa's phone. Melissa's, she's, you know, she's not like injured or anything, but she's still being monitored by the doctors. So, I mean, if you're, if you're really like the kind of person who's like super suspicious and you don't want to believe your most obvious suspects, Mm -hmm. if you want it to be, if you want Aria to be A, Mm -hmm. you could just tell yourself, that she has something on her phone where she can create the text sound and then she can just pretend to read something while she just tells the girls, buck up, bitches, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as it seems. Um, because she never shows them the text or anything. And, or you could think, well, maybe Spencer is A and she's the one who sent this text message. But the very next scene is back at the hospital. The cops bring Spencer her purse and then she then pulls her phone out and sees the text from Aria. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I think... I think if Arya's A, she's mastered the fine art of texting from your pocket. Ooh. You know, like in The Departed, when he uh, when he texts from his pocket. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think Arya can do that with ease. But uh, we find out that Melissa is awake in the, her hospital bed, but she's kind of tend to be asleep. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I mean, she's just gone through a trauma. She may be losing her baby, or because they've made the negacy, you just don't really trust Melissa. Yeah. It's like she's just lying in wait and listening. So cut back to the other three girls, and it turns out that they have recruited Officer Garrett Reynolds to help them out since Spencer was a no-show. It's kind of like, uh, this is why you don't invite boys type of scene, you know? Like, you were fine without Officer Garrett Reynolds. Yeah, but he brings his gun and his flashlight. And And the first thing he says is, okay, so no one else knows you're here but me, right? And what's funny is in the background, Emily and Hannah are nodding, and I'm sorry, Emily and uh, and Arya are nodding. And then Hannah is just like, yeah, I left a note with my mom just in case. Which I just wrote down, smart, Hannah. Like, yeah. Hannah's she's not always the dumbest one in the room. Like, because behind her, Arya and Emily are like scowling. Like, oh, why would you say that, Hannah? And it's like, yeah. Hannah's like, because I'm not a fucking moron. That's why not. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so Garrett makes this big show of just kind of like inspecting the area. Like the best vantage point or something. Mm-hmm. And that they're, he's just going to be laying away for Ian to show up. Um, Cut to the church. Spencer shows up at the church. Cut back to the woods where a car shows up. Guy gets out and then like uh, Garrett pulls up behind him, pulls a gun on him, tells him to freeze. Uh, but this is not Ian. It's just some random bag man who's like, he's like a courier who's just sent there. He doesn't know by who. He's hired from the internet. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the church, uh, Spencer's like looking for Melissa's phone in the pews and stuff like that. Here's the door of the church open, looks over, sees nothing, the door shuts. Then, oh shit, there's Ian right behind her. There's Ian. And he says, you know, I got the strangest text messages today. Haven't replied to it yet. And so he does so right then. And Spencer's phone beeps in her bag because she's got the burner with her. Yeah. And he's just, just like, like in his mind right now, he's just thinking like, "I knew it." Like this bitch is fucking crazy, you know. Well, this is a that's a pretty sinister, smart move though. The whole like he knows the phone is on her, so he responds to the message and it goes off. And then so Spencer's kind of like doing that thing where she's just backing away, and she tries to tell him about Melissa as if she's trying to appeal like a human side of him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She knows. I mean, she's not an idiot. She's in a horror movie right now. She knows yeah. that things are going to go bad for her, and. She's like, there was an accident. And Ian's just like, yeah, I know. 
I got the messages. I was just waiting for you to leave the hospital. Yeah. Things aren't going too well for Spencer now. So she stupidly throws the flash drive. She's just like, this is what you want, right? And like throws it behind him to distract him. And then runs away up the stairs to the bell tower oh, to the church. Oh, you're you're missing so much though, because Ian tells her that he's gonna take care of Spencer now, and she's just like, "You're gonna take care of me like you took care of Allison." And he like kind of has this like sinister, shitting grin on her face. But she whips out the flashlight, holds that up, makes sure he sees that she's got it. Then she flings it across the church, and because yeah, she goes and does the stupidest thing possible, which is run upstairs when she should be running out out the back door. She, but before she does that, she yells out to him, do you want some popcorn to go with that? Well, not to give uh, the guys on the show any credit at all, but you know if this was like Caleb, he'd have thrown it like a, a dummy flash drive instead of the real one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on, Spence. Um, I, just, I love that she has to stop to like throw out a quip. Because mm-hmm. she's Spencer, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ian's talking a lot of nonsense now about how Melissa would want him to take care of this and like he's just he's starting to get pretty deranged. Uh so Spencer's running up the bell tower stairs, uh gets to like a place where it's like locked and she can't go any further, and of course she turns around and like Ian's right there, you know, and, and he's like grappling he with her. Yeah. Grappling with her, he's talking about how like he's gonna make it look like a suicide, and then he's telling her, like he's telling Spencer what her like confession or suicide note would be about how like Spencer did this for this reason, but it kind of sounds Spencer's like, are you saying this is what actually happened? You know, like, are you, are you telling me your own confession here? Like Ian's pretty deranged at this point. So it's hard to say exactly what he's saying. Well, first of all, like this whole bell tower thing, I wrote down, like, is this the beginning of the show's like Hitchcock references? (laughs) Because the show spoiler, we'll go on to have a long destiny of referencing Hitchcock movies. But, um, the other three girls are now driving towards the church. And luckily, in this, this manhandling that Ian's doing, Spencer basically butt dials the other girls. Yeah, she's, she tried to call this. Emily. The phone gets knocked out of her hand, but like the call goes through so they can hear what's happening. Ian's saying a lot of like, uh, you were, you're obsessed with your friend and you couldn't live with it anymore after what you did. And so like, he's telling her like what her suit, what her motivation for committing suicide would be. Cause it's going to try to throw her off the bell tower. Well, but no, even more sinister is like, so he's obviously, you know, he's, he's doing the deed right now, but he tells her that he's already written the fake suicide note and it's on her laptop, mm-hmm. which that's great planning. <laughs> I mean, imagine if I snuck into your computer and wrote your suicide note, and now I have to go about the deed of actually faking your death. Or, you know, Imagine you know. finding such a note on your computer. Yeah, before the person actually does the thing to you. <laughs> yeah. So somehow uh, I then cut your head off and make it look like like you killed yourself inside the room, with no one around. Exactly. So no some one. somehow he Ian like kind of like shoves Spencer against a railing and it breaks and she falls down but like manages to like grab onto him so she's gonna try to take him down too, and yeah. he's trying to like. You know, get shake her off as he's like, you know, hanging out over the uh, the fall as well, and then A shows up, or we can only assume is A, somebody in a, a dark hoodie with gloves on, yeah. and Ian says, "What are you doing here?" Yeah, and then A just like kind of lightly tosses Ian right off the uh, the ledge that he's on. Spencer's able to you know grab onto the the you know shelf or whatever that she's hanging from, so she doesn't fall, but Ian does. And he gets caught in the ropes uh, of the bell tower and basically hung. Yeah. Gruesome. 
And and then the liars show up, and somehow they do not see Ian's body until they get all the way to the top of the the thing where where uh, Spencer is. And then they like Hannah's, or I'm sorry, Spencer's like looking down and crying, and they see it too, and they're like, "Oh my god!" You know, Arya immediately says, "You did what you had to do." Yeah. Well, the bell is ringing the whole time. Mm -hmm. His body is dangling and causing the bell to ring, and it's very creepy because it's just like this creepy continuous bell because somebody's dead. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like signifying. I mean, the girl. I think when the girls show up and they get to the church, they haven't seen Spencer yet. They're calling out for her. She's not responding. They're hearing the bell and they know something is wrong. It's clearly telling them something is wrong. But yeah, um, the Spencer tells the liars that Ian killed Allison and that all she saw was the black hoodie person. They're glad it was over. Yeah, she says somebody and, else was here and they're like, where? There's no one else here, you know? But I want to point out that Arya is just like, it's fine. He's dead. You well, know? She's it's like, like, you did what you had to do, Spencer. Yeah, she pronounces like him dead on the scene already. But, mm -hmm. uh, so later, the police have shown up, and the girls are all heading out of the church at the same time, and they stop, because I believe it's Officer Barry stops it's, them? Yeah, the other cop, not Wilden. He's just like, hey, hey get back here. Like, uh, what what the hell's going on? There's no body in here. Yeah. And they're just like, huh? Oh, excuse know? me? Yeah. So they run back inside, and yes, indeed, there is no Ian hanging from the ropes of the bell tower. Uh, there's just ropes. And they're just like, well, I don't know what they understand what's happening. So they, and then they walk back outside and all the, you know, there's this whole crowd kind of watching the proceedings and people are like, oh, they're lying. There's no body in there, you know, like, um, and basically like the whole town is looking at the liars now as liars. They look extremely shady. There's a shady. lot of people who came out to watch this commotion. Mm hmm. And all, all four this of these seems... girls look like a bunch of goddamn liars because, they told everyone they were attacked and there's a dead body in the church and it turns out there was not. Well, it's like, like these scenes make sense like in like you know, the movie set in New York because there's mm -hmm. always going to be people around so they, they can always be stuck behind the police lines like mm -hmm. playing tourists. But it's like people had to like get out of their homes and I feel like drive. What is Ian's last name? Thomas. We find out yeah, in this sequence. Byron, Byron and Ella show up and Byron's just like, I heard Ian Thomas is dead. Well, does it not seem like they came separately? I guess, yeah. It See, doesn't Ella seem like comes, they came together. Ella's walk is like they're walking towards each other behind the police lines. And Ella's like, she's, she's like, I came because I got a text from Aria. And Byron is just like, I heard Ian Thomas was dead. Mm -hmm. It's like, what? Where did you hear that from? <laughs> and so the liars, they, they hear everyone kind of like vaguely talking shit about them as they walk past. And then they get their the final atex of the season, which is it's not over till I say it is. Sleep tight while you still can, bitches. A. The girls look around looking very uncertain. And the song playing is "I'm Not Calling You a Liar" by Florence and the Machine, <laughs> which I also wrote down. You know, finally a good song. You know, for the first time this season. But what a great song to end the season on. Such liars. Yeah. And they kind of kind of rises up and you know moves back as the girls are made to look small, surrounded by the city that now looks down upon them and doesn't believe them. And that is the end of season one. A is still out there. Maybe they just killed Allison's killer. Maybe he's not Allison's killer. Maybe he's still alive. Yeah. We don't know. But season two awaits. Yeah. I think you could probably say season two is the best season of the show. I don't know. 
You think so? I mean, I, I don't like to be one of those people who's just like, oh, it's no, never as good as this season, or you know. But season two has a lot of really good stuff in it. True. I'm I'm really loving some of the stuff that's popped up, uh, like in the season three and season four. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a character like I've told you that pops up in season three that I was just like, this show has reached some kind of brilliant equilibrium, which I've now realized that I was wrong. It didn't reach that equilibrium in season three because rewatching the show it's always been there yeah but yeah i didn't uh, i remembered a lot of stuff from the episode last week Mm. the caleb stuff and like mona not only tearing off the letter but then like pouring soda Mm. on top of it because that's such a mona thing but like i um i didn't remember anything from this episode oh it should be mentioned i believe that we see uh mr noel khan in the crowd of people watching at the end is that is that no con we see there oh i don't know i didn't notice I, it's he looks a little bit similar to the the Bagman guys it might have been the Bagman, but i think it was no con okay. let me let me look at the credits here to see if he's in the episode oh con. yeah yeah okay that definitely was him he's he's listed as a guest star so yeah no con shows up at the end in the crowd of everyone watching mm-hmm. oh excellent and so, yeah, when we uh, when we return, we'll talk be talking about S two E one. It's alive is the name of the episode. Good times. Beautiful. Uh, all right. Well, I'll uh, talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.